Good uh, afternoon or morning, or I'm not sure when you're going to see this on Friday the 11th, but that's when you will be seeing this because we were, although I'm recording this on Thursday the 10th, this is the actual February 11th, 2022 edition of our usually but not quite always uh, weekly video casts and now podcast as well. Sorry, we did not have a video last week, but the uh, entire Jefferson City was shut down for several days because of the crazy weather. And by the time we got back here, we just had way too much stuff backlog that we had to deal with uh, for us to have time to get up, process and send out a video. So that's the video for this week. The reason I'm recording this on Thursday and you're seeing on Friday is because tomorrow, Friday the 11th for me, uh, Friday the 11th for you, uh, that is Lincoln's birthday as it's observed in the state of Missouri. It is a state holiday. So state offices will be closed and the MFDA office will be closed. I will be working as I usually do, uh, but I'm going to probably be hiding from everybody if I can because I have a lot of stuff to get on. So uh, if you do get the answering service here at the office and it is emergency, as always, tell the answering service that it is an emergency and they will track me down. So that's that. Now, what we're going to cover here today in the, is marriage is because we've had a lot of marriage questions uh, in Missouri. But first, I want to give you an update of what's going on or more precisely what's not going on here at the Capitol in Jefferson City. Um, legislatively wise, as you may have heard, uh, the big fight over at the Capitol right now is on that redistricting map, the Missouri's congressional districts. Missouri, uh, of course, several years ago lost one of our congressional districts. We used to have nine and now we have eight. And with the census and the population changes and things like that, it necessitates that those districts every now and then be redrawn. And the map that was brought out from the uh, committee that comes out and does this is not uh, sitting well with some people. And there's like four different factions over at Missouri Senate right now. The House passed passed it, but the uh, Senate has passed down. And so we've been in a filibuster most of this week where people are reading into the records uh, children's books. And, uh, you know, just like you see in those old TV things uh, about, you know, somebody doing a filibuster at the Capitol and and reading recipe books and, and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, that has been going on. So all of the committee meetings that the Senate has had scheduled for this week had to be canceled. Uh, and nothing really has gone on in Jefferson City other than arguing about what the map of the congressional districts should look like. Now, I'm going, not going to get into all the details about who's for what and what's for who. But the, suffice to say that there is a big dispute going on with how the map should be drawn. And because of that, the Senate has been deadlocked uh, as far as doing anything else. And at least as of today, there was no compromise in sight. Now, one would think that eventually someday uh, they will either reach a compromise or one side will just decide uh, uh, that's it. We're shutting down the debate. That very rarely happens in the Missouri Senate, but it might at some point. And if that does, then they would be freed up to move on to other business. But boy, do they have a lot of other business that is backlogged. To the best of my knowledge, uh, so far, and we are more than a month into the session at this point, not a single bill has been perfected by the Senate. That means not a single piece of legislation has passed the Senate in its final version. And as you know, 
even if the Senate passes a, a bill that originated in the Senate, then it has to go over the House. Now, the House of Representatives, the Missouri House, has been doing work. They have been getting other things done, and they have passed some pieces of legislation. But again, if you remember your old schoolhouse rock days, those don't become law until they go over to the Senate and they have to go to the Senate committees. So you have all these bills, both ones that started in the Senate and ones that may have been passed in the House that before they can even go to the Senate for a final vote, have to go through the Senate committees. And there have been hardly any Senate committee hearings for the past several weeks because of all this thing that's going on with the redistricting map. So that's a big problem. So even when they do start back up to doing work other than dealing with the, uh, the district map, they're going to have a huge backlog of things. And so what is or is not going to get passed this year is up in the air. Appropriations, things like the budget, there's a whole lot of, of items that, that have to be dealt with. In the Constitution, they have to be dealt with by a certain date. And if that doesn't happen, uh, it, it's going to be a mess. So anyway, if you're looking for a whole lot of activity over at the Capitol, and we have several bills that we are in favor of over there, um, not too optimistic about a whole lot getting passed, though, this year because of the way things are. Now, get back. That's our, our update for what is or is not going on over the Capitol. But now let's get back to marriage because we've had a number of interesting questions about marriage in the state of Missouri uh, over the last week. And some of you probably have heard some of this before, but um, uh, had a couple of interesting questions and that seems to be the topic for people. Uh, first, of course, if you're married in Missouri, if you are married and somebody has not done a durable power of attorney, you've not done my durable power of attorney that I have online or the one from the Missouri Bar Association, you've not done a durable power of attorney to give somebody the next of kin rights, the right of sepulcher. If you have not done that, then the spouse is number one on the list of who's in charge of the funeral. And it does not matter if you're separated. It does not matter if you are estranged from your spouse. It does not matter if you have not seen that spouse for the last 30 years. If you are married, that person is in charge. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. I do have got a lot of questions where people are calling me up saying, well, yeah, they're married, but they haven't uh, seen each other in 30 years. Well, I'm sorry, they didn't get divorced. They didn't do a durable power of attorney. That means that person who is still their spouse is in charge of the final disposition. Now, one of the bills we have are over at the legislature this year, which I'm not optimistic about getting passed because of the backlog of things. One of the bills that we have over there would at least say, if there has been an action in divorce filed and is pending, well, then that soon to be ex-spouse is cut out of the loop. That'll help a little bit in some situations. But as far as those situations where people are still legally married, but they haven't seen each other in 20 or 30 years, that spouse is still in charge of the person's funeral if they want to be. They don't have to be. They can waive their rights. They can say, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But many times you got people that, uh, you know, spite <laughs> is a very uh, powerful emotion. And uh, what a great way to get back at a family you don't like, find out that you're in charge of their daughter's funeral. Uh, and, and that kind of thing happens. So again, let your families know if they're coming to you to do pre-planning or, or pre-paying or just asking you questions that, hey, if somebody's married, 
and you don't do a durable power of attorney, that person's going to be the one who, if they want to be, is in charge of handling the final disposition. Of course, they also have to be willing to pay the bill. But if they're willing to do all that, they're going to be in charge. So you better figure out something if uh, you're still married, but not living with each other. We've also had a couple questions. I didn't think we would, we would get these anymore because it's been a while, but I have had some questions on same-sex marriages. Same-sex marriages are legal throughout the country. In Missouri and everywhere else, uh, same people of the same sex can get legally married. Boom. That's it. That's the law. I had a funeral home call me up and saying, well, with a same-sex marriage, can I require them to show me a marriage license? No, not unless you do that for everybody. Now, if you require everybody that says they're married to show you a marriage license before you'll uh, deal with them, well, then it might be okay. But there's no way, no how that you should ever say, if a man and a woman are here and they say they're married, I'm going to believe them. But a man and a man and a woman or a woman, if they say they're married, I'm going to make them show proof. If you do that, you might as well call your uh, attorney up in your insurance company because uh, you're, you're just asking for a lawsuit. Let me tell you, if you do that, you should treat everybody the same. That is how it goes. The weird thing, kind of, kind of weird, that we've gotten three calls on in the last couple of weeks is common law marriages. These things seem to come up in the in a you know groups of threes, and I've had three calls on this. And uh, it's I haven't had a question about uh, common law marriage in a long time. And sure enough, boom, in the last couple of weeks, I've had three funeral homes call me up with issues about common law marriages. First off, Missouri does not have common law marriage. Missouri abolished common law marriage in 1921. 1921. That means we've not had common law marriage in Missouri for over 100 years. All right, if you can do the math on that. Over 100 years, we have not had common law marriage in Missouri. So somebody comes into you and says, well, you know, we've always lived in Missouri, you know, but we're common law husband and wife. No, they're not, does not exist. But because of the full faith and credit clause of the United States Constitution, Missouri does recognize common law marriages that are valid in other states. And there are other states that we call a common law marriage. Backing up, what is a common law marriage? Well, in states that recognize that, that's where they're going to say, well, we're going to say that you folks are married even though you've never been in front of a judge, even though you've never been in front of a pastor or a priest or a rabbi or anyone that is authorized, any kind of minister that's authorized to do marriages. You've never done that. You've never, you don't have a marriage license in your desk drawer. You've never filed anything. Uh, you know, as a formal marriage document, but we're going to say you're married because you've done certain things. Missouri has not had that for over 100 years, but we do recognize a valid common law marriage that has been recognized as such from another state. Kansas still has a common law marriage. Texas still has a common law marriage. Some other states do as well. So what do you do if you're faced with a situation of somebody that's lived most of their life in Kansas, they moved to Missouri two months ago, and one of the spouses dies, 
And the other person comes in and says, well, we're common law husband and wife because of that in Kansas. This can be tricky and it can be difficult. Missouri courts, for example, and the Missouri government, when you're dealing with benefits and social security and child support and public assistance and all that, Missouri will recognize a common law marriage that has been recognized in another state. But the burden of proof on that is usually upon the people saying that they were common law married. And that can be difficult to prove because the whole thing with common law marriage is that you haven't done something formal where you have a piece of paper that uh, says marriage license on it. So how can somebody prove up that they are a common law spouse of somebody from another state? Well, the courts, first off, if this comes in front of a judge, first off, they're going to have to look at the law of the state that you say you are from. And did you meet the requirements of that state? And some states have time uh, requirements that you have to have been living together with a person for so many years. Another very common requirement is that you have to, in effect, be living as husband and wife. Or in this case, since same-sex common law marriages would technically be legal as well, um, if you've done it long enough, husband and husband, wife and wife, whatever you want, spouse and spouse. You have to say that you've been living together that way. In some states, you have time limits. You have to have been living together for a certain period of time. You have to hold yourself out. This is also a very common requirement. Hold yourself out to the public, to the, your friends and neighbors as a married couple. What that means is a good question as well. In practical matter, uh, how people usually prove up that they have a common law marriage as another state is either both of them sign an affidavit that sets out all these things. We've been living together so long. We've held ourselves out. We've had kids. Having kids together is a good one in some states and so forth and so on. And nine times out of 10, uh, from uh, if you take a look at the court cases, the court will accept that if they uh, swear under oath that they've met all these requirements. Of course, for funeral homes and funeral directors, you usually don't have both parties. Uh, and so how do you know? Well, the courts will also often look to some sort of documentation, even though they may not have a marriage license per se. There are many states where you can get some sort of affidavit or certificate that recognizes that you're a common law husband and wife. Some states have that. You also, the family might have had some sort of court case. Maybe they were sued on a credit card payment. Uh, maybe they had a dispute over child uh, care, education care, uh, child support, whatever. It's very possible that they have some sort of documentation from their home state that recognizes that they are a common law married couple as part of that documentation. Maybe they've applied for benefits in another state, something like that. Now, in Missouri, of course, when you're faced with somebody that says they are a common law spouse of somebody and that that common law marriage took place in a state that recognizes that, funeral directors are always under the statute allowed to rely on the reasonable representations of the people that are in front of you. So if somebody gives you a reasonable representation backed up with something that says we are a common law spouse, you could rely on that. But again, you don't know what the laws in the other states are. You're not an attorney in most cases. We're, we have a few funeral directors out there, attorneys, but even I don't go out of my way to learn what the law of the other states are.
how do you know for sure? Well, in that instance, the safest thing is to see if there is any documentation. Uh, do, does this person that claims that, that they are a common law spouse, do they have anything? They're going to need something if they want to get Social Security benefits, if they want to get VA benefits, if they want to get uh, a pension. They're going to have to have something at some point, probably anyway, so see if they have it. But if the representation is reasonable, it's okay for you to rely on that. And of course, if everybody gets along, if nobody disputes it, well, that's fine. But what if you have somebody that says, I am this person's common law spouse. We lived in Kansas for 30 years. We just moved to Missouri a month ago, uh, but we were common law husband and wife in Kansas. But you have a child of the deceased that says, no, they were not. They were not common law. Well, now you got a point where those are both potentially, depending on the circumstances, reasonable representations. It's certainly reasonable for somebody that might have been a common law spouse. It's certainly reasonable for somebody not to have been a common law spouse. And you are not the judge. You're not the one that's going to adjudicate who is right in that case. In those kind of situations, you may have to tell everyone, get me some documentation. If not from the state that you were originally from, from a Missouri court. Uh, but you folks, if you got more than one person that all wants to be in charge of the funeral, more than one person that's willing to pay, take financial responsibility at that funeral, and they disagree as to what the facts of the marriage is or was, you may have to tell them, you folks are going to have to get a judge to tell me which one of you people to listen to. This happens sometimes uh, even with a traditional marriage where somebody comes in and says, I am the spouse of this deceased person. And a child comes in and says, no, they got divorced two years ago. Well, you know what? Proving up divorce is not easy. If you know, you know, the state of Missouri will tell you if you got married in Missouri at a certain point, but they have no, they won't be able to know if you got divorced in Nevada or Illinois or the Bahamas or wherever you might've got divorced. There's no record of that. So although you might be able to show prove up a marriage license from 10 years ago, you can't prove in most cases, uh, unless you actually know where the court case was, you know, you just heard that they got divorced. You can't necessarily easily show that they got divorced, whether they did or not. So when you have reasonable representations um, between, the, between the two parties, you might have to just say, uh, look, you're each making reasonable claims to me you each claim to be the next of kin, you're going to have to go to court. And one of you is going to have to get a judge to tell me which one of you two to listen to. All right. So uh, that is something that can pop up and something you just have to sometimes deal with on a case by case basis. One of the one of the interesting ones I had once that, that somebody called to me about is a uh, person said, oh, uh, I am the, uh, the spouse of the deceased. The child said, uh, no, they were divorced. The supposed spouse said, well, that's not even the child because they were never adopted. The child said, yes, I was adopted. But then they said, no, they weren't. So we had, we had issues of whether or not the marriage took place ever in the first place. If they were married, was it divorced? And whether they were married or divorced, was this person that wanted to take control the actual child or just a stepchild or adopted or whatever. So it, it can get very confusing. Uh, obviously, of course, always, if you have your own particular situation and you'd like me to uh, 
hear about it, just call us up here at the office uh, in Jefferson City. I'd be happy to go over what you've got. I'm probably, well, I may not be able to give you an answer, may not be able to tell you that, but I can at least tell you uh, this is the kind of a situation that you're faced with and here's where you might have to go. And where you might have to go is to tell these people, uh, go see a judge and have a judge give me an order. One of the great things about a judge's order, if your county judge tells you, you shall listen to this person, this is the person who's in charge of the funeral, you can follow that judge's order and you're pretty darn safe. Even if the judge was wrong, by the way, because if the judge was wrong, that's not your problem. That's the judge's problem. And if they want to appeal that order, they can appeal that order or whatever they want to do. Now that's going to be expensive for them probably, and it might be time consuming. So another thing to look at is, do you have as part of your general price list on your prices that you normally charge, do you have an option for somebody to do extended storage of the body where there is some kind of dispute or some reason why there's going to be a very long delay before the final disposition can happen? If you, have, if you don't have that as an option, extended storage of the body fee, uh, that's something you might want to look into. You're going to have to, you're going to have to check the funeral rule. Okay, check the FTC rules uh, that we send out that you can get from the FTC, the purple book, we call it, that lets you know how you have to put things on your general price list because you always want to follow that rule, make sure everything is, is fine and good with that. But it's certainly something to keep in mind because you don't, what are you going to do if it takes them six months to uh, fight this court case? Uh, you're going to have, you may wind up having to hold that body for quite a while. And certainly you should be uh, uh, aware of that as something that can always happen at any time. The last thing has nothing to do with marriage, but it has popped up twice this week or last week, excuse me. Uh, and that has to do with the Americans with Disability Act and a sign language interpreter. If you get sufficient notice, that a uh, hearing impaired person is going to be attending a funeral at your location. Uh, it is the funeral home's responsibility to hire a sign language interpreter at your own cost. You cannot charge the family for that. You cannot charge the hearing impaired person for that. You cannot charge anyone for that. It just comes out of your own pocket. How do you find a sign language interpreter? Well, one of the, uh, of course, check the Google it check to see if there are any in your area. But if you're in a, particularly if you're outstate Missouri and you don't know where to go, check. A very good place to start your search for a sign language interpreter is very often your local community college. Very often community colleges do have sign language classes. And even if they don't, most of them do have a resource where they can look into where you can get one. And you can't, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, you, you, you can't just use your nephew who uh, took a 12 year old nephew who took uh, sign language at summer school. No, you do have to find somebody that is qualified uh, to do that. So just because that popped up twice last week, thought we'd throw that out there as well. So anyway, have a wonderful uh, holiday weekend because it is a holiday weekend in Missouri at Lincoln's birthday. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day, which is on Monday. Hope everyone has a wonderful that. Valentine's Day is a good time to talk about marriage. Um, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes we also talk about divorce as well. But until next week, uh, have a wonderful holiday weekend. And as always, be safe.